No Directions PaizoCon 2019 seminar coverage is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash no direction. edition uh, but obviously things things needed changing for second edition so the artwork I think for first edition at the time you, you do the best work that you possibly can so it's kind of like the, the original comp composition was the best one I could think of and then having to come up with okay so here's another picture it's got a red dragon attacking <laughs> the characters I've got to come up with a completely new composition it's no, but I like the first one. And then, <laughs> and then trying to ha get your brain and get it out of that first composition. And I did so many compositional sketches, it drove me crazy. Of kind of like, well, maybe the dragon could be over here for this one, maybe the dragon could be over here. But in the end, we, we kind of, you, you really liked that sort of central sort of composition with the dragon kind of coming out of the, of the arch. And uh, so its wings are kind of like forwards. Like that, so it's pulling itself through the arch. Um, so yeah, yeah, we, we kind of kind of did that, and then and then I, I started to put little nods, nods into the first cover, so you get the stonework at the bottom, which is 
what's in the first cover. So I'll, yeah, there's kind of like little little nods in there, uh, and it's it's probably the same dragon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's Polaris and Sioni did not do so well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's only two of them. So, and now, that, now there's three, so... So, I think we're going to do... Uh, I would say no. <laughs> so, I think this one and a few others are definitely already on the website. Yeah. Actually, yeah, you can, because I think most of them well, are. I'm in there with just like the group in general. Alright. Like, okay. like Wayne talking well. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I think for Mary. Uh, Mary, and, yeah. Um, I don't think she really changed much, I think. She, her armor changed. Yeah, so, she went, she went from. The original, original Mary was kind of one of those things that. Mary needed Mary needed changing because the, the original version of Mary was done when there wasn't any Gloria. So the kind of idea was just kind of like a, a barbarian. And so I, 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 I did it with metal armor. I kind of like had the metal armor here on her arms and here on her legs, but nothing here. Which everybody goes, oh, what, what the hell's wrong with that? Oh, it's not to proper armor. And no, it's not. Not from Western standards. And, but from barbarian standards, barbarians are a completely different culture to us. And I started taking inspiration from kind of like some of the European Celtic cultures, where the Celts would kind of come along to the Romans, and they'd go, oh, you think you're hard, do you? I'm so hard, I'm not going to wear any armor. I'm not going to wear a helmet because if you're wearing a helmet, that means you're afraid of being hit on the head. I'm not wearing a helmet because I'm not afraid of being hit on the head. And then some Celts were going, I'm just so freaking fearless. I'm not going to wear anything. I'm just going to go into battle naked. <laughs> and that's what they did. They kind of covered themselves with woad. Got a bunch of flag Eric. Took that, they're tripping off their tits. <laughs> One of the side effects of flagaric mushrooms is it makes you cryaptic. And if you don't know what that means, <laughs> so you've got these kind of like these Celts running to battle with kind of like woad all over their bodies with these boners running at the enemy, and the Romans were terrified of them. There's accounts of like they're writing about, but. This was kind of like my inspiration behind Amiri, where she's kind of like gone, well, do you know what? I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to wear any armor here. And because of the weapon that she uses, um, the kind of like the two-handed weapon, and some of the combat techniques with the two-handed weapon is to hold it out in front here and swing it in figure eight as you walk forwards. Uh, there's accounts from Battle of Hastings where there are Saxon Huskars walking forward with two-handed Danax, walking forward and swinging it in a figure eight. Speeds that you're getting with the handles for this and the height of this, there's an account where it cleaves through the chainmail leg, cleaves through the saddle and cleaves through the horse all in one blow. So this is pretty scary. 
that's the walking floors we figure out. And we've done combat testing so that if you're finding somebody like this, who's kind of like walking forwards, doing figure eight like this, you're not hitting them here because the weapon's there moving all the time. And you've got to keep the weapon moving all the time. Where you're hitting them is here, here, here. And this is where you want the armor. So this is what Amiri's doing. She's protecting the bits that are exposed when she's fighting, constantly moving. Um, so for Amiri, originally I did a skin a lot darker. And then it just, there was no contrast at all with, uh, with the new kind of hide armor. So yeah, I lightened it up. Um, my, my concept with Amiri has always been that she, she's all, she's, Feral. She, she shouldn't. I didn't want it to be. I didn't want to be a fem. I didn't want it to be a female opponent. You know, I was kind of like just bulging muscles. I kind of wanted it to be wiry and feral. I wanted to make her look like she'd not eaten for days. That she's kind of like living really, really on the edge, and that she's going to snap like that. Um, like a few years ago, I saw. I saw a woman. It's kind of similar build. Throw a police officer across a room. <laughs> just absolutely feral with rage, and it was very, very scary. Um, so and that's that's the kind of that's the kind of idea that I, I, I wanted to convey with with Amiri that she's the sort of person that you're not really sure whether you want to be in your party or not. Because well, she may as well be a good fighter, you might be a target as well. You know, it's kind of friendly fire. So that was the, the idea behind Amiri. I have lots to say about Amiri, so. Um, yeah, this, this was. We knew we were going to do a goblin, didn't we? Yeah. And it was kind of like, so, what's the goblin going to be? Um, Armor, of course. Yeah, it's <laughs> goblins, fire, you know. So, uh, so we, we, we kind of went the, with the alchemist, um, and he's interesting because he's the first one that he did was. Um, yeah, yeah, with the with the kind of collar. You, you, but you liked you liked his kind of you liked his little kind of pencil there. Yeah. And, and that was fine. Um, Sarah and I kind of like talk a lot about the, the designs, um, and Sarah's got really, really good visual instincts. So if Sarah kind of goes, ah, the collar's not working, you know, we, we kind of want him with a pencil neck. Sarah's white. Right? I trust Sarah's instincts. So I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like the, the footy that she can mold and that she can do this. Yeah. And, the, and the reason why. You know, we took the neck thing off because yeah. they have such a distinct head, shape, shape, has a shaped head that um, you didn't want to lose that. So you, you definitely knew it was Pathfinder's armor instead of you know, being the top half of it. So that's why I wanted to have the whole head shown. Yeah. Yeah. He still has a collar too. Like he knows there's like an area. He there. does. He does have a little okay, and collar. And the wide yeah. bottom collar just all sets that yeah. skinny neck and huge head. Yeah. yeah all these pieces of cloth hidden under there, and whoop, you have a mask. Yeah. So it is, he's kind of got he's kind of got the little yeah. goggles there, but the the stuff that he's got as well are are all kind of like alchemical items. So he's got a copper pot, which is 
you read alchemical manuals and they all talk about copper pots. There's something about a copper pot that's just, yeah, it's essential for alchemy. I'm not exactly sure what, but they, they kind of like they talk about it. And I think he has a question back there. Oh, yeah. Are we doing questions now? Yeah, we can do it. Oh. But it's going to slow things down. Oh, okay. <laughs> questions at the end. Yeah, we'll do questions at the end. Yeah. Put a pin in it and we'll come back to it. Okay? Um, so you can see at his waist, just at his left, he's got something called a bezoar. You may have heard about it from the Harry Potter movies. These things exist. They're mostly in like sheep and kind of like a clove of hoofed animals and it's like a it's like when hair gets compressed into the stomach. It just gets compressed so much that it, it becomes a, a stone. Uh, and from the Middle Ages apparently magical properties are gonna cure all the poison. Bezoars, if you swallowed one, would cure all poison. And there are instances where they found bezoars in human stomachs as well. So it kind of a human eating lots of hair. Kind of like made these little bezoars inside their stomachs, um, but yeah, you can see that, that he's he's got them there. He's got like powder flasks. He's got a huge powder keg on his back, you know, which is clearly not safe. But there we go. Then. Goblin. Goblin. Uh, he's got a cockatrice, a baby cockatrice skull uh, around his neck there, uh, and he's got he's got some alchemical stones there with the alchemical signs for uh, salt. Ash and urine. <laughs> We're going on to Hask next. Okay. Hask got quite a few challenges. Um, one. Well, first, yeah. first thing is that we two axes. Two axes. That's the biggest change. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah the, the, the design team kind of wanted to improve. We kind of two two axes, um, but we kind of, we kind of had a, a look at the dwarves as as a whole, and one of the things that was really quite important about what what we wanted to do with Pathfinder Two is is make make the ancestries recognisable, make them so that like a. Pathfinder Dwarf would be recognisable as a Pathfinder Dwarf, not a generic Dwarf. Pathfinder's a completely different game with its, with its own mythology, uh, so that, yeah, the, the, the ancestors, the, the humans, look completely different. And so, in a lot of respects, we changed the body, well, I changed the body shapes, because a, a Dwarf isn't just a short dude with a beard. That's just a human who's short and he's got a beard, not a dwarf. <laughs> so the idea is that dwarf physiognomy is completely different to a human. Um, and there should be something there should be something weird and unsettling about um, a non-human form that looks kind of like vaguely human. And it and it all boils back to um, the kind of like that reptilian brain. Sort of primitive brain in us all about how we react to different. Um, when you have something so completely different like that, the that kind of animal brain recoils because it's fear of disease. If you're seeing something that's completely different to what you're familiar with, 
and the animal brain inside you, that freaking survival instinct goes, no, don't go anywhere near this. It's diseased. You'll be diseased. And it's kind of like that idea about how we create monsters as well. Now, how we create monsters for Pathfinder is that, yeah, you're essentially you're creating a disease. Something that makes you afraid. Something that you don't want to go near. You're not sure why. It's kind of like that animal part that's going, you know, do not touch this. And it's kind of like what that idea that I had behind doing the um, the ancestry. So dwarves, kind of like a, twice as wide as a human. Um, their legs are really, really short. Um, their heads, they kind of like have this protruding brow here, deep set eyes, and then their noses are wide, short. Um, the kind of inspiration came from Shandria, the iconic shaman. Uh, kind of a, a lot of her equipment has these sort of iconography uh, dwarf faces. So we kind of talked about how dwarves were willing to ancestor worship, so they kind of have these faces. You can see even on Hask's kit here that there's kind of like a little dwarven face there. Um, and then there's kind of like a dwarven face here on his axe. And then these are kind of like, they're people that are important to them. Uh, you know, so, oh, this is my great-grandfather. Or they, they put on symbols that that kind of represent, oh, this, this was the battle of such and such. Oh, this was the time when they're, they're really big into memory and they kind of have these little symbols and icons. And then I thought to myself, well, what if these kind of stylized icons aren't stylized? Maybe this is what dwarves look like, you know, with the fat nose and the kind of like the deep set brow. So we kind of, that's, that's how we did the dwarves. We, we kind of talked about as well how dwarves probably have really weak chins as well, <laughs> which is kind of why they grow these really big beards to kind of cover up the fact that they, they've got these weak chins. Um, and then we, I, can, I completely started redesigning dwarven equipment, you know, going into sort of, you know, these sort of ancestral items, uh, and came up with these mineral swords uh, that are just completely ceremonial, um, but it's an important part of dwarven culture. Um, and again, this kind of comes from Chandria, the iconic shaman. She's got a jade dagger. So yeah, the dwarves, with them, they, they kind of make these swords out of minerals, and they're kind of like, we start talking about mythology, Jason was pretty, uh, and James was pretty stoked about this, you know, sort of adding these kind of like ceremonial uh, short swords uh, into kind of what they do here. You can see there he's got he's still got his crossbow. He's got the he's got the bolts, so he's got a fire cage uh, and a hunting bolt there. Uh, and you see the circular thing down there. That's an axe ring. So it's where he carries his axes. He just slides the handle into the ring and the head sits on top of the ring there. So, and they're kind of like really easy to pull. Kind of real simple design. Uh, and they requested that I put the uh, tartar plant. They want to do a bit kind of yeah. 
didn't like that. And he's still got his two pop. <laughs> um, and then if you would do uh, yeah. Sierra, Sierra got changed. And, and I've spoken to some of you about Sierra already, so I apologize if I'm going to repeat myself, but. Sioni <laughs> yeah. um, went, yeah, it was like 2007, I first came in and at the time, again, Galarian didn't exist. At the time, Sioni, the artwork for Sioni was fine. It served a purpose, filled that niche for the player that wanted to play that kind of character, kind of eye candy character. But my insp and, and the art description for it at the time was um, female sorceress looks exotic. So my inspiration for it came from kind of like ancient Egypt and ancient China, these sort of like mysterious places that were kind of like maybe steeped in magic as well. And, and then somewhere down the line, Galarian came along and backgrounds for the Iconics came along. And Sionia was Verissian. So, okay. so a little bit further north than what I imagined. <laughs> oh, and she was wearing sandals as well. <laughs> oh, okay, well, you know, this is a fantasy campaign, so... Um, and then I came to design Erasmus, the Iconic medium, who is Verissian. And so I explained what Verissian was, we kind of like the high collars, and, and so I, I invented Verissian fashion, which looks nothing like what Sioni looked like. <laughs> so, so the opportunity for Pathfinder 2 to basically update Sioni and make her look Verissian, you know, make her look as though she was somebody from a lot colder climate, but at the same time, she still had to look like Sioni. So, yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that was most important about Sioni is her tattoos. So she still, you still had to be able to see tattoos of arms and legs and face as well. And just some you know, tattoos kind of like go up onto her shoulder here and kind of like go over her breastbone there. So to a certain degree, we had to, we had to cover them up a little bit to kind of factor in the cloak. And I wanted a, a really, what I call a really heavy Verissian cloak with a mantle, kind of like a high collar, that, that is what I say from my designs and my costume designs is very, very Verissian, where you're kind of getting these quite angular shapes that kind of crisscross over each other and kind of like getting the triangular shapes. And again, even the decoration on a, on a dress as kind of like now these quite angular shapes, whereas before they were sort of like quite floral and flowing. Didn't quite fit with Verissian. Verissian is kind of completely different aesthetic. So I went through loads of different variations. Well, quite a few new kind of like uh, sleeves, no sleeves, and kind of like a big cloak. I changed the brooch and changed the shape of the brooch. Oh, we changed the shape of the girdle yeah. as well, didn't we? Yeah, I think we went through about six different things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, and a dagger changed shape and size and kind of like all throughout as well. And then and then a staff. So we, we went through a few variations of a staff. Mm -hmm. And then we were in Prague. Mm -hmm. 
and we were in the Alphonse Mucha Museum and I saw a sketch that Alphonse Mucha had done and there was a woman and holding a staff like this. Sarah, 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 look at this. Look at this, Sarah. Isn't this cool? Isn't this cool? And Sarah went, yeah, yeah, it's cool, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Sarah, Sarah, what? Like, could hold a stick. It's like really weird and esoteric. And Sioni could hold a sack like this. Sarah went, yeah, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> so Alphonse Musha is a, is a really big I like getting to see his artwork uh, and kind of seeing this and cut this kind of weird way of holding the staff um, to kind of incorporate it into Sion. Yeah, for me, that was, that was kind of like a nod to, to a master there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that was Sioni. Uh, oh, and to, to answer your question as well, she's still got the pigtails, you just can't see them. <laughs> the, the braids, they, they still exist. So like that you could sort of identify the colouring of the clothing, like underneath the cloak as being sort of more of a Parisian from Parisia versus uh, the iconic mediums, more darker tones which indicate more of the Yugoslavian like cultural. Yeah, regions. yeah. I, I think I think if if, if I'd have designed Sioni from scratch, so so Verissia would have been invented in two thousand and seven. I don't think I'd have done a sorceress with the tattoos here. I have come and, and I thought about what I'd done. I, I think I'd do maybe like a little red riding hood kind of concept. So so she'd look like Sioni, but in reverse, so her clothes would be red and her clothes would be black. Uh, but there'd still be a lot of the Parisian crisscross and lacing. Um, but yeah, the kind of cloak, and the cloak would have a hood as well. You know, so, uh, she'd probably be corseted too. <laughs> so, Valeris. Yep, so we have time for one more iconic pose. Really? Yep, one more iconic and then we'll take questions. Oh, it's only 20. I know, it's Really? Yeah. I didn't talk longer. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a 15 minute break between things. Yeah, we, we just. An hour is not long. I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I requested it two hours, but. Yeah, we need two hours for this. There's mm -hmm. too many iconics. I, I said we should have done that. Yeah, wasted time. <laughs> okay, Valerius. Um, the, the only thing that's really changed with Valerius is that, that he's got a shield. Uh, oh, and I made his gamps a little bit longer. The idea behind Valerius is that he's a bit of a pack rat. <laughs> so all his equipment, it, it, it comes from different places. So you, you kind of get the sort of classical muscle cuirass here, you know, the saw, and then you kind of like getting a, an Ulfen's kind of sword here that's, that's just a little bit more brutal, and his, uh, his dagger is a little bit finer, maybe a little bit Middle Eastern, um, so that, yeah, he's, he's kind of picking stuff up wherever he's going, and his shield's kind of like, yeah, a little bit odd as well. Um, Oh man, I went through so many shield designs. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. <laughs> different shapes of shields, different designs on the yeah. shield. Once we've decided on the shape, we need to design. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so you, I, I think you, you kind of liked the, the more uh, abstract yeah. design. Well, we 
we went with a more sim uh, simple yeah. shield design because you know um, we used as a reference for other artists, and you know some you know we wanted something that could be easily. Um, Yes, thank you. <laughs> Replicated. Yeah. Sort of a kite shield design. Something. No. 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 Not at all. Shaped like a kite, but is that a kite shield? Shaped like a kite, but it's not a kite shield. It's more like a heater shield. Do you know why it's called a heater shield? I don't. So, it's the darn Victorians. Again, <laughs> I, I'm going to talk about this in my other panel about arms and armor. The Victorians, in medieval times, a shield was a shield. That's what it was called. It, it wasn't like a round shield or a kite shield or a heater shield. They were just shields, right? And then the Victorians came along and they went, Oh, here are some shields. But look, this one's a different shape to this one. We must name them individually. <laughs> so they called the heater shield a heater shield named after a Victorian iron which is that kind of shape with a flat top and then the point at the bottom, they call those heaters. So they went, ergo, this is a heater shield because it's not in the shape of an iron. There's nothing medieval about it. <laughs> <laughs> <Frickin> Victorians. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, and, and also, we, we, we really wanted to on the iconics, so you notice that the iconics are a lot more colourful than they were in the past reasons. But the iconics needed a recognisable colour scheme. They couldn't, they, they kind of needed to stand out a little bit more than previously. Um, but, yeah, for reasons. Yeah. Okay, so then um, we have about 20 minutes left, so if you want to open up questions. Well, there was that guy. Yeah. Let's yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Fumbus, yeah? Uh, yeah, with the neck collar and everything, when, uh, when Sarah gives you feedback on elements like that, does that involve just taking your eraser and redrawing it, or do you have to redraw the whole concept, or do you just paint on the eraser? No, I, I cry for about half. And then the third drink of the day starts. <laughs> um, usually, uh, you, most of the changes take place at sketch stage, where pretty much everything is fluid. We've, we've done changes at painted stage. Very rarely. Very rarely. Um, but at a sketch stage, yeah, I think you can just quite easily erase it and, and, and do the correction. Um, and, and sketches are really, really kind of fluid. And those are the best times to kind of make those changes. Like I say, Sarah's got really, really good instincts. So if Sarah says change it, then it's San Diego. She knows better. I'm going to change it. Just a quick follow-up question. Because you do all your sketching on the artboard and then you paint directly on the sketch itself, yeah. um, are do all the sketches that you send in review, are those on artboard? Yes. Okay. Uh, do you have a favorite iconic? See you <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have it on here. Oh, 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 o
Things I changed on Sealer. One, one is a shield. Mm. So a shield had a circular piece cut in there. So my inspiration behind Sealer is kind of like Mesopotamian kind of things. And I thought, okay, so what would what would a full harness look like if it was made in ancient Mesopotamia? So I didn't I didn't want it to be completely European in look. It, it needed to look Oh, oh, a little bit Asian, you know, sort of like Middle East, Far East, kind of that kind of idea. So the shield design is, uh, it's like a, it's like an Egyptian, what, what they call the, or what the Victorians call the tower shield. <laughs> <laughs> the tower shield can like vary in size, so you can get like a tower shield that's kind of like a beer, you can get a tower shield that's kind of like down here. So this is kind of like an Egyptian style shield, designed to be used in tandem spear so that circular bit would be where you put the spear to kind of thrust through Sealer doesn't have a spear so i thought why is why she got a circular bit there so i took the circular bit out um, and then i, I kind of just tweaked her tweaked her armor just just a little bit Chastity belts maybe at one point she had and then later on she Well if, if, if she's wearing one, she's got the keys for it. <laughs> Not somebody else. Yeah. She has. Yeah. She's got the keys. She's in control uh, of her own chastity. And it's her choice. Is her plate mail the chastity belt? If you've seen have you seen Excalibur the movie? Oh yeah. Where, where the actor comes in and he's wearing a full harness and poor grain there, he's like mounting her. That must not have been pleasant because Whoa. <laughs> now I I have a full harness. I have a full suit of plate armor. And I fight in, I do stuff, so I know about plate armor. Now, I can go number one. <laughs> I'm not sure about number two. <laughs> but, man, no, I'd, I would not like to go. <laughs> My sympathies are with the grain in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. God. I have a question about the detail of the work that you do on like, the armor, for example. Like, do you practice off of the sketching on the separate piece of paper before you start to work on the crisp detail and like the yeah, pattern? Yeah, yeah. The most most of the stuff starts off kind of like this big, like yeah. what I call thumbnail sketches. They're, they're, they're really, really kind of fast sketches, and, and I do I do maybe about a dozen sometimes to just get the shapes right and the, and the lines. I realize the pattern is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 they kind of have a wing, there's like the wing motif and the feather motif gets repeated all throughout the armor. So you can kind of like see, right, kind of like the feathers here, and the feathers here, and then the feathers here as well. 
and then the scale, they're all kind of like feather shaped as well. So the, it's, the, the theme gets repeated throughout. And the, like, for example, the fact that she's from a region where Sarenthre is a bigger deity, and Iomide was sort of a later inheritor, the fact that you can sort of see even on the chest plate that previous Sarenthre type of styling then adapted to Iomide's own variant. Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, uh, I first loved your work. Uh, originally, uh, I saw you, I think, in the Ghost Walk book, and I was immediately like, Oh man, wow, yeah, that's really going back. Yeah, yeah. and then I thought, it was also my favorite book for the 3.0 era, right. and, uh, and so I was like, Ooh, who's this guy? Uh, one of the things I always loved was you being sort of the cover artist for the Eberron setting, and then the Galarian setting, both of which are very big and extra, and anything goes and anything's possible. And so I was wondering uh, what was similar and what was different, uh, how you approached the Eberron cover material versus how you approached the Pathfinder material. The, the difference that... Uh, besides, obviously, the technology. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of veering away here a little bit, so I'll keep this with... With, with Eberron, a lot of the stuff has already worked out. Um, so my creative input into Eberron was less. Some of this was already established. Uh, I loved working on Eberron. I think the Warforged are awesome. And I loved painting and designing Warforged. That was some of my favorite parts of Eberron. The difference with Pathfinder is, yeah, it is, it is kind of like big. And, and I like... I like extreme juxtapositions in my artwork, so I like those kind of contrasts. You know, uh, Amir is a perfect example of that contrast, those juxtapositions, you know, where she's kind of a huge freaking sword. And, and I, 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 that's a big part of my artwork, you know, where I'm kind of like playing around with extreme shapes, you know, to kind of like create these diverse. Uh, I have a question about uh, cloaks and uh, uh, you know rivers and boats, for example. Okay. Uh, kind of like, what's, what's the solution here? She has a hole in her cloak. She doesn't. Or it just like goes on top. It goes on top. Okay. You can see the baldric going round underneath her armpit here, and a cloak. Goes there, uh, and, a, and a cloak is held in place by the baldric going around her body here. Fantastic. So it's just like higher up under. It's just like higher up yeah. on her armpit. The, the, the baldric goes directly under her armpit, so it's not kind of like down here and like flapping around. Yeah. It's going directly here. So the cloak is held in place there. It can still act as a cloak because you know at the end of the day. She's going to take that off. Mm. You can see the, the way the shape of her cloak kind of like, so it goes down there, it doesn't come out there. It's because of the way the baldric is holding the cloak in place. Mm. I did a back view that shows it perfectly well. <laughs> I like to talk about the back views. I, I, did, I did back views of all the icons. Yeah, they're on the videos, yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice, we can catch all those. 
to the territory yeah. for my next panel on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was actually going to reference, I got these in the UK and you illustrated yeah, them. Yeah, I illustrated them. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about history. Um, I, I've recently started doing, submitting academical documents uh, on medieval history. Uh, so I kind of do that in my spare time. Um, so for me, the, the interest in history is vitally important. Um, and and I kind of, for the other panel, I'll talk about kind of like fantasy and reality and, and, how, and how you kind of bring them together and the difficulties of the reality poses when it comes to fantasy. So, yeah. Okay, yeah, because sometimes yeah, come you're on Sunday. And you're like, there's no way that skinny little arm is holding up that enormous sword, right? But I just feel like your artwork has such a great balance of that realism. I take issue with that. Sorry! <laughs> 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 like, part of what I'm going to talk about on Sunday is real life is a heck of a lot weirder than most people think it is. And history is a heck of a lot weirder than most people think it is. Most people. They get their history from the media. Yeah. Media knows fuck yeah. all of that history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I do lots of research, uh -huh. and there might be some stuff that's going to blow your mind. So I'm hoping that it will. <laughs> do we get more than an hour for that? No, sorry. You've been there. Yeah. Question? Do you recognize that most people who do postgraduate level historical research in art generally do it the other way around, where the art is a hobby? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I know any uh, postgraduate history students who also do art as, as, a, as a hobby. I think, I think all. No, I don't. <laughs> um, so, sort of jumping off what she had asked earlier and sort of referring to Amiri. Um, this is sort of a little bit something I referenced earlier when you had the uh, half-orc war priest. The hilt for the weapon that he wields, the great sword, it seems a little thin, like especially with a mirror. Her weapon used to be used by a giant, and while well, her hand can wrap around it pretty well, I just think of like a giant usually has a bigger maw of a hand, and that feels a little weird. Now your parameters okay. <laughs> for imagination are here. So you're you're applying real and, and I'm gonna talk about this on yeah. Sunday as well. So people's parameters vary and you get you know, I'm gonna talk about it Sunday, won't we? <laughs> it's fantasy, that's the answer. This is more of a question for Sarah. Can we just get like dedicated art books 
of Wayne's art with the Pathfinder setting Ooh. every year. Oh, like, please. Please. Just like in just a book. Just including it back a chapter for each of mine and all the art sketches. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. An art book of just his art every year of all the stuff that's released because it just. I second this request. I yeah, that would be awesome, but I need to yeah. find the time to do that. <laughs> yeah, the first, yeah, first, yeah, first, first off, yeah, that, that was kind of like, yeah, we got that. Yeah, maybe not for a while. Because yeah. <laughs> it definitely deserves all of it, especially your commentation on, on all the stuff you did uh, like, in the videos. All, all the stuff I'm talking about has all been written. It's a, it's a Word document that at some point Oh, release. Uh, I just, I just need a. I'll probably do it on my social media pages yeah. rather than. I can't. I can't do it on the Paizo forum because there's just, just doesn't support. There's a lot of writing, so it just doesn't support that amount of text on the forums. So, so yeah, I'll probably release it on my uh, social media pages. But it's kind of like all, all the things that I'm talking about here. But for all of the icons, where are your social media? Facebook and Instagram. Uh, so I'll probably, I'll probably release it on my Facebook because that's the only I couldn't do it on Instagram because it won't support that much text. So I'd probably do it on Facebook. Wayne Reynolds artworks. So she's your favorite iconic, but is there any favorite piece of equipment that you prefer to draw or do artwork on? Um. No, 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 I, I'm kind of... You're stuck in the it's, it's the It's the, it's the overall it's characters that I prefer, so... I, I really enjoy doing all kind of like the equipment drawings that, uh, that we did. But there isn't, there isn't one piece of equipment that, that I prefer. I don't know, um, I, I, quite, I quite like Marissa, the, the redesign for Marissa when we uh, I, I, I designed Elven. Weapons. So elven weapons are, and, and elven technology is kind of like, it's all very, very lattice work. So all the metals, intricately, you kind of like see these elven smiths getting these super, super thin pieces of metal and then somehow kind of like hammering them together to form these intricate lattice works with kind of like negative space in between. Now, and, and we're kind of like, from a realistic point of view, not, it's not structurally sound for a blade, but from a fantasy point of view, do they look cool? <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes this is what That's you just have. We don't have Elven Smiths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's one of the things. One of, one of the what uh, JJ would say uh, when I was working at Wizarding Coast. He go, "Does it make sense in real life? No. Does it look cool?" Well, hell yeah, then we're to And yeah, sometimes that's what you have to do. All right, so we have one, time for one more question. Yep. Do you get any say on uh, um, stuff like, for example, Kingmaker, recent computer games, the Pathfinder yeah, collaborate with the studio? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I just draw pictures. <laughs> Kingmaker, they, they, I was doing stuff for Pathfinder, I was working with Wizard, so yeah. 
so much, so much to do, so little time. <laughs> do you feel that did Amiri just justice in the game with their artwork and their well, actually, painting? Painting. Yes. 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 Um, I have um, <laughs> No, I, I play the game because I, I know that if I do, I ain't gonna do any artwork. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm gonna really, really like it. Just <laughs> <laughs> so, thinking back to that, the fact that Kingmaker's doing this little, like, it's not Kickstarter, but it's technically something along those lines. Are you, like, have you been confident about doing a cover for the second edition version of that Adventure Path compilation, or? Let's not talk about that NDAs and stuff. <laughs> um, thank you all for coming. Thank you. So we, we we clearly got here late. That's your friend's fault. <laughs> not his. No, I don't. It's not his fault. It's his friend's fault. So so yeah, if you want to so beat him, then problems. he can beat his friend. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not suggesting you beat on it. <laughs> <laughs> Just type it in. What time is Thank you for joining us for another edition of the No Direction PaizoCon 2019 seminar coverage. We'd like to thank Ryan Hiller of Geek Dad and Justin Sluter of Justin Sluter for the recorders they provided, as well as the KD Con team for their diligent work find this and other great convention coverage, visit nodirectionpodcast.com. 